Welcome to the program. My name is Tim Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. And today, our special guest is John Schrock. John Schrock is the Regional Field Director for the John Burke Society in the state of Indiana. And today, we'd like to welcome him to the show. And uh, we've been having a little bit of technical issues, but we're finally here. John, are you, are you ready to talk and tell us about the John Burke Society and why it's so important that we listen to you today? Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. I, I tell you, the old saying, you can't live with technology and you can't live without it. Uh, it is totally one of those things we're able to be in different places. It looks here on the screen like we are in the same place. We're probably uh, sitting next door to each other. But boy, does technology get in our way sometimes. It certainly did today. We've been trying to do this for almost four hours now. Finally got you on. So let's get into the first question. Um, what is the John Birch Society and what's its mission? Well, the John Birch Society was founded in 1958, actually in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, it was founded by Robert Welch. And we, we have four, uh, excuse me, five key uh, tenets that we look at. One, that we're a constitutional republic. Everybody tells me, John, we live in a democracy. I say, no, we don't, because a democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. That's dangerous. That is crazy. We are not in a democracy. We're in a limited government. What we are looking for is government uh, protecting our rights, defending us uh, from uh, foreign adversaries. That's what we're looking for. Secondly, uh, what we look at is that the family is the most vital unit of society. Probably your viewers, they're so well educated. They know that there are those out there that hate the family. They hate, uh, you know, a mom and a dad raising Susie and Jimmy uh, and, you know, having backyard barbecues. And, but when people attack the family, we are going to educate people so that they know how to educate their legislator so that they can become uh, involved. Thirdly, we believe in a free market. There are those out there. It would blow your mind the number of people who even on uh, red or blue uh, politics, you know, Republican versus Democrat, they are not for the free market. We're for a free market. Let the people be able to make the decision. If you do a darn good uh, entree, then, you know, and you do pretty good service, your restaurant's going to succeed. Right. If you don't, then... The, let the market decide it. We don't pick winners and losers with the government. Uh, fourthly, we believe that uh, people should be judged by their character and their abilities. Like we want to be judged ourselves. And then fifthly, we believe that rights come from our creator, not from government. If it comes from government, you know as well as I do, they can take it away. They can give and they can take. What the good Lord giveth, the good Lord can take away. Well, with all of that said, I think what you just admitted to is that you're a radical. Those are all radical ideas today, John. <laughs> yes, I, I'm hoping that I am on a list. I was uh, uh, just, uh, I had to uh, purchase a, a new vehicle or a new to me vehicle. And uh, they supposedly did a research and they said that I'm not on a terror list. I was a little bummed uh, because of that. Well, you, you know that uh, James O'Keefe just got put on the list for flying, right? You saw that. So anybody who's fighting the system today is going to be put on some list of some sort or another. With that being said, in the state of Indiana, you and I met actually in Springfield, Missouri at an event and then touched base again back here in Indiana. And most recently, we ran into each other at a um, um, seminar or a, a, I don't know what you would call it, but a presentation that you were giving um, and why the John Birch Society is involved in the state of Indiana with the LEAP project uh, in Lebanon, Indiana. Can you kind of get into that and why you, why the John Birch Society has done that and why it's important for Americans to start waking up to the, to the WEF and the Green New Deals that are coming into their backyard through back doors? So in 2011, Kentucky considered doing a project called carbon sequestration. Currently, we are being assaulted by carbon sequestration here in the state of Indiana, not only the LEAP project, as you mentioned, but in 2011, uh, the Commonwealth of Kentucky decided that it was radically too expensive to do carbon sequestration or carbon pipelines. But then when we get a, a, a failed administration that we have inside of uh, the White House now, uh, uh, an installed president uh, there, then what we have now is them passing bills like the Inflation Reduction Act. It's one of those uh, misnamed uh, things that they uh, pass through the uh, Congress. It's like the Paperwork Reduction Act. You know, we start off with this much paper and after the Paperwork Reduction Act, we have this much paper. Right. Um, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. It has nothing to do with inflation. It has everything to do with climate change. I want to get out in front of this and explain to people climate change is a hoax. 
It's not happening. It's utter malarkey what is happening. It is designed by the Chinese Communist Party. They are making bukus of bucks about it. You talked about World Economic Forum and uh, Klaus Schwab and all his cronies. And you have uh, Larry Fink with uh, BlackRock funding BP, Navigator, and other organizations that are in inside of Illinois, Indiana, trying to put carbon capture pipelines inside the state. This is all part of Agenda 2030. Everybody's mind blows up when I say Agenda 2030. They say, John, you're a conspiracy theorist. Until you go to UN uh, website and they even admit themselves, as you saw in Lafayette at the uh, farmland conference that I've been hosting across the state of Indiana and even into other states. We're now going down to uh, Kentucky. Um, and then uh, I'm going to be in Illinois in January and multiple others. I've been being reached out to from uh, Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Other states are, are being accosted by this. And, and so, so what, what we, we have is, is an organized program, an organized agenda. They call it Agenda 2030. It started way back in Agenda 21. It was George H.W. Bush that, that signed yeah. uh, uh, the Agenda 21. It was signed there or created there in Rio de Janeiro. And it was the John Birch Society there. We had two reporters there. Uh, Bill Jasper and Alex Newman were there reporting on it. Nobody wanted to talk about this because this was ultra secret. It was right. kind of like the Bohemian Grove. Everybody knows it's there, but we can't talk about it. Well, we were there. We needed to educate because this has to do with free market. They are picking winners and losers. They are choosing land. They are going about and they are, uh, they are uh, raising the price. Uh, they're I'm being told it's tens of thousands, 75, 80, 90 thousand dollars per acre right. there in Lebanon about that LEAP project. Yep. What is so dangerous about the LEAP project goes back to uh, it goes back to the uh, free market. They are stealing water from Tippecanoe County. Their, their plan is to steal water from Tippecanoe County. And what they're going to do is pump 100 million gallons a day. I had to ask Siri in order to figure out how much that water was. In times, you know, 30 days, times 12 months, you know, you do the addition on that. And the numbers were blowing my mind. That's billions of gallons annually that they are sucking out of one of the nation's largest aquifers. But it's not just that project. What it comes down to is they have an all-out war against carbon. Yep. And you have to stop and think about it. What's made out of carbon? What are these things that uh, are in carbon that carbon is in? Well, I, I think about methane. They don't like cows because cows have cow farts and cow burps, and that's methane. But then I think about it, and we probably shouldn't talk about it. Maybe this is blowing the family show that this is, but we reduce, we, we produce methane too as humans. We have to stop and think about that. From time that. to time, if I they, fart and belch myself. What? From time to time. And there we have it. And you thought that I was the domestic terrorist. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've got the button over here. It's a red button for me to be able to push to be able to call the cops. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. This carbon sequestration, sequestration, we keep hearing about it. What exactly is it? What are they doing when they say we're going we're gonna to take this carbon and we're going to sequester it? What are they doing with that carbon? What's the process? So <laughs> what they say that they're doing is they always talk about is the point capture part of it. There's just point capture. All we're trying to do is we're just trying to be global partners with those, you know, because we, we want to be part of the, a, a globalized, it's, it's globalization. And so, you know, we want a cleaner environment. We talk greenhouse gases and we make people feel dirty because we don't want to be belching pollution into the air. I mean, how many of you want pollution in the air? What they're trying to take out is carbon dioxide. Right. When we should have probably been paying attention, you know, back when we were flirting with the girlfriend, you know, we we're trying to blow spit lights um, at the girlfriend or whatever we were in school. What they were trying to teach us was the fact that uh, we were supposed to be learning photosynthesis. Well, that's six parts of carbon dioxide plus six parts water plus uh, radiant sunlight. And, and what, what that, that produces is a, a molecule of glucose. That way your plants live. So if we take carbon dioxide, you know, from the point capture, that's lowering our carbon dioxide level. But then they don't talk about as direct air capture. They don't like talking about that. We do know it's true. We have videos on it. If you need to go to a farmland conference, come into a town near you here in the state of Indiana. We're going to be in White County tomorrow. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the places. Uh, you can look this up on that. I'll give you information on that coming up. 
But what they have to do is take the carbon dioxide out of the air. Then what they have to do is compress it. 2,100 pounds PSI is what I'm being told by uh, people that are in the know in order to turn a gas into a liquid of carbon dioxide. Once they do that, then they pipe it down the line. Then they have to go and inject it in the ground. I've talked to many uh, people that are in the know about uh, how much, many pounds. So I'm sorry, so I'm going ju- to jump back in. So when you're, you're saying that when they're they're taking this, they're conforming it back, uh, transforming it into a liquid, and then they're taking that liquid and they're jacking it back into the ground? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what carbon sequestration is. It's, it's the, it, it, I mean, and this is another thing that people are like, now, John, now, hold on a second. But we already know that EPA says that there's a problem with doing that because you can cause fissures. You can cause when they isn't that the fracking people do the exact same procedure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and that's the thing is we can't have a, we can't have pipelines like we can't have that North Dakota pipeline because it's craziness. But we can have carbon uh, carbon uh, title uh, class six, uh, excuse me, class six wells or class six pipelines and class six wells. But we can't have. Uh, we can't have you know regular pipelines. We can have these pipelines. We can't have fracking where we go and inject in a high pressure into the ground. So it takes a half a pound of pressure per foot to get it 12 inches to go in the ground. It's a half a pound of pressure. They're aiming for the Mount Simon uh, geologic structure. It's made out of sandstone. And so it's about three to 5,000 feet. Again, I did my math, 5,000 divided by two, which is 50, you know, half, 50%. Uh, is 2,500 pounds per pressure, uh, per square inch, but they also have to displace water. Once they displace, I mean, so the, the numbers are going to be astronomically high for the pressure, but that's okay. It's climate emergency. Nothing to see here. Moving on. What was your next question? I, I mean, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> so at what point, John, at what point do, do, at what point do the American people start to wake up and start to realize that we're being sold a bunch of lies and, and the lies are costing us and, and our future. How do, we, how do we get people to, to, to start looking at this data that, by the way, I went to your presentation, boring data, great presentation, right? Because it got me excited to say, hey, listen, this is information, lowest common denominator thinking of information that people should know before they just go, yeah, 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 we should do this or we should do that with the system. With, with this, I'll call it, let's call it, let's call it what it is. Let's call it carbon fracking. Right? Is we gotta mm. label it for what it is. It's carbon fracking. And they're fracking to put carbon into the ground. Hashtag carbon fracking. It's gonna be on my ex account <laughs> here uh, shortly. I mean, it's straight from you. I, I'm telling you, I'm learning new things. I, I this and this is good, and that's what people have to. You say, how how do we when are people going to? They have to understand that Republicans hate them, Democrats hate them. It's not happening over there, it's happening in our state. You say, John, now you, you hold, hold on a minute. I've met the Speaker of the House. Lord bless his heart. The guy is sold out to the globalists. I've met the Senate President Pro Tem, though, John. I, I, I don't care. The guy's sold out to the globalists. Yep. How do I know that? Well, I've seen the bills that they passed out of the uh, Indiana legislature. They, they have literally written inside of the Indiana, the, the Indiana laws, giving up our state and selling out the landowners. You say it's not true. It's not so. Well, that's why you have to be able to become engaged. You have to be able to say, hold on a second. There's a there's 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 an enemy out there. We have to understand. I'll put my pastor hat on for a moment. There's there's a Bible verse that that says that calls the devil a a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. There is an enemy out there. There are people out there looking to do evil to us. That's why we have to have legislators that are willing to make laws that aren't bunk. Well, I think that, you know, what we've seen over the last three years is people starting to wake up to what their government is doing, both, you know, local, uh, state, federal, and so on. But I think that they're still in, in the dark about how to do anything about it because, first of all, I don't think the majority of people understand civics at all. They don't understand what their role is and how much of a role they play. I've been saying for the longest time that, you know, when I stand up to fight for freedom, it won't be yours, it'll be mine. I'll stand up to fight for mine. I'm going to need you standing beside me fighting for yours because I ain't fighting for yours. That's not my responsibility or my job. And so people want to know how to get involved. What's the best way for people in the state of Indiana, especially people around this LEAP project, to get involved? So I think that they would need to know what they have. 
if you're going to fight for something, you got to know what you have. I, I, I try to remember the name of the football uh, coach. I believe it was from Notre Dame. He would every year present them a football and explain to them the basics. This is a football. He didn't care about the 50-yard line, the 40-yard line, the, 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 the how far could the kicker kick a field goal. He introduced them to the very basics. What's the very basics of what we have? I would recommend to you the Constitution is Solution uh, a workshop that we have at John Birch Society that tells you what you have in your Constitution. We have an enumerated powers, written down powers that are given to the government. It's not unlimited powers. It's not they, they don't get to just go in and do as they uh, darn well please, as the saying goes. They are restricted by the Constitution. Once we understand that, we literally have a document telling the government, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. There's like a whole bunch of you can't. Well, do you find, do you find, I'm I'm sorry to jump in, but do you find that most people, they don't realize that the government is actually, um, it's the rules of the playground that tells us what our rights are. And when I say tells us, it it does, it's, it's informing the government as to what our rights are, not us. Our rights are God given. In, our, in the First Amendment, there's five things told by the, the, the First Amendment to the government you can't touch. No, 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 and no. I think that's five no's yeah. if, I, uh, if I counted them up uh, correctly. It's five different no's telling the government you can't infringe on the right of peaceable assembly. So guess what? If there's another COVID outbreak and now that, you know, we've heard all sorts of things of a new disease that's going to affect children in their lungs and, right. and, and all of these things. And they say, well, it's because they're an emergency. The First Amendment says you can't touch churches. You can't. There's no there's no COVID exception. There's no there's no disease exception. You can't. You can't. You, you, you can't uh, stop on redress of grievances. Well, you can't come to the Indiana State House because they're COVID. You can't talk to the government. Yeah, you can. The First Amendment says is telling the government, remember, you can't tell the people no on this. But all that comes from God. What we have is pastors that are hiding underneath uh, uh, the guise of, I want to have the ability to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, guys, man up. Yep. Like, 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 like I mean... It, it, well, it's, it is just frustrating. Here's, here's, here's what we saw during COVID. Let, let, let's look at, you know, the, the restriction of our constitutional rights over COVID uh, and, and since is that during COVID, uh, you couldn't go to church, you couldn't go to work, but you could go buy pot and you could get an abortion. Now, these are these are. These are issues that you go, well, yes. it's important for medical conditions. People need medical. Well, getting together with your friends is just as important as, as getting high as ending a life, being able to, to to come together with a congregation of friends and so on and say, hey, listen, we really are in this together. How do we make it better for each other? What they did is they tore that part away. And in fact, I find it interesting, John, if you, you know your history, where were our founding fathers? Where were they gathering at before they started standing up to the, the government of the day? They were doing so in churches and bars. The pubs and the churches is where the men came together. And so they knew this and said, let's lock these things down so they can't do the next thing. Um, what do you what do you think knowing seeing what's happening now and we can play this, um, you know, this guessing game. But based on what you see now in the nation, if people don't go back to their rights and start standing up for those rights, does it get better or worse in this nation, in your opinion? If we don't stand up for our rights, it obviously gets worse. Because the government loves to gobble up rights. That's their business. That's that. That's what you know. It's like if I'm if I'm selling lemonade, I, I'm a lemonade salesman. I, I'm, I'm handing out more and more lemonade. The government is in the business of taking up rights. That's the business that they do. That's where that's the playground in which they play. So when we say standing up uh, for our rights, what does it look like? Well, it looks like a pastor telling the government no. Kind of like the good pastor. I, uh, uh, I look here in my uh, uh, my desk drawer. I've got the uh, pastor from Marysville uh, uh, Baptist Church, Dr. Jack Roberts from Hillview, Kentucky, that told Governor Bashir's in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, we're having church. 
That's back in 2020 on Easter Sunday where the governor sent state police, Kentucky state police. And you say, no, you've got you can't tell the higher powers. No, it says you're supposed to obey the government. That passage in Romans says higher powers. And it happens that God's a little bit higher than the government. Yep. especially in the area of that you're supposed to gather together. And so much to the more as we see the day approaching as this passage of scripture goes. And we have to have the intestinal fortitude to be warriors for Christ. Be, be like this pastor, Dr. Jack Roberts, that says, you know what, government? I'm holding church. And you say, well, you might go to jail over it. You know, I look back at our forefathers religiously. And I see that people, that they, that they would be able to have a shred of Scripture. It was illegal to have a page of Scripture. Yep. And they would have a whole book. Yep. And they would say, I'm willing to go to jail over it. Yep. There, there, there's, there's documentaries about in, uh, in USSR where it was illegal to print Bibles. And people and pastors that were God-fearing pastors said, you know what? The government's told us no, but God has told us to do. The, the Bible is chock full of things like that. Because what we're dealing with, and, and I'm not trying to, to run around, but what we have is just like the Egyptian midwives. The government is telling us that we need to inject carbon dioxide into the ground, which will poison water. When you put carbon dioxide with water, it becomes carbonic acid. You can't drink it at poisons plants. It will kill things. And the Egyptian midwives, when they heard that they, weren't, that they were supposed to kill the baby boys in, the, in, in Egypt, they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to lie about it. You know, like, oh, John, you're, you're a pastor. You're an ordained minister. You're asking me to lie. Guess what? Yes. Yep. Because when you're saving a life, I, I you're like, oh, but lying. Well, that's it's like somebody comes sin. in, somebody busting the door, right, with a gun in their hand. And, and they say, where's John at? And I know you're hiding in the closet. I don't have to tell them that. I yeah. can tell them anything else, right? Tell and that, that's Rahab not a lie. did it. Rahab did it with the two spies in in, in the in the book of what's that? Judges, I believe yep. it is. If I'm wrong, people yep. can uh, comment on me and blow me up and, and correct my Bible. I believe it's the book of Judges. Rahab went and hit him up into the roof, and then when the the leaders, the government came and knocked on the door and said, "Where's the guys at?" She goes, "I think they went already left, and they're probably you know half a mile down the road, full well knowing that she had hit them there, and she was rewarded by God." Right. Folks, we have to understand the government doesn't love us. Of all the things the government has done, and if you've not researched, and I know you have, but uh, the Tuskegee Institute, if your yeah. viewers haven't researched Tuskegee excuse me, Institute and the government, when they're giving active STDs to black individuals in order to infect them with STDs, and they died because of it. Right. Oh, yeah. We, we, we better be standing well, up and thundering forth from the pulpit and saying, guess what? The British are coming, but right now it's the World Economic Forum. It's BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. It's our own Indiana Republican Party. Preach. You ain't kidding. That's why I, that's, here's what's funny. I've, I've told the story a number of times, but I got booted by the Indiana caucus because I spoke truth to power. And when you do that, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that it's on. They don't like they don't it. don't like it. And they will cut your feet out, your legs out from underneath you. Um, John, over on, on over the last few weeks on my podcast, uh, there's one thing that I've been saying over and over and over again, and it's that the Constitution, because I like to get things down to lowest common denominator so people understand fully what we're talking about, and so that people mm -hmm. understand the dynamics of what these documents mean in our daily life, that the Constitution is nothing more than the rules of the playground. Yep. And the bullies currently are not abiding by the rules in the playground. And so what we're seeing is they're not abiding by the law, the rules, and the criminals, the ones on the other side, right? They've realized that the people at the top aren't abiding by the Constitution. They're not playing by the rules. And so they're doing whatever they want as well. The only people that are in the middle, the people in the middle are getting squeezed by the criminals on both sides. What does it look like in this country in the next two years, because it's going to take at least two years. We've talked about it offline, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on phone calls, is that it's going to get dangerous in this nation. It's going to get dangerous in this nation if we don't go into a rule of law to where the laws are. We don't need a, a million more laws to solve problems. We've got plenty of laws on the books. What mm -hmm. does it look like if the American people don't demand that the people at the bottom, the criminals at the bottom, 
are, are taken care of and the guys at the top are held accountable. What is it going to look like in this nation if that isn't done? So currently, and to take a small rabbit trail, and I'll come right back. I'm going to just run down it and come right back. There's currently a people out there that are calling for what's called a constitutional convention. Some are calling a convention of states because we've got to invent a new thing. No, we just need to follow the Constitution as written. The First Amendment is a, 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 a darn good piece of, uh, of writing that tells the government, stay out. Second Amendment, really good there. Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, on down the line. We, we even know the 19th Amendment, which uses the same wording of thou shalt not to allow women to be able to vote. It's the same wording of thou shalt not in the First right. Amendment. We do, All we need to do is follow. What does that look like? Ran the rabbit trail of the Constitution Convention, Convention of States. Now let me come back to, to your thing. It, what does it look like? Well, on January the 9th at 11 a.m., it looks like you coming down to the state house. We have a, a legislative action day. And people are like, well, that sounds like a rally. I get what you're saying, but I'm not just looking for people to come. I need people already beginning to talk to their legislators, make yep. that appointment and say, you know what? What we have to do is we have to repeal 1209. Uh, throw that up if you can. Uh, we've got that uh, 1209, the law that, that what we have is, and I want to walk people through this. This is what the Indiana legislature, our Republican-led legislature, has given us. This is the bill about carbon capture passed in uh, 2022. So once a certificate of completion is issued, let me let me get everybody uh, uh, spun up where we're at. So they've already injected uh, CO2 in the ground. They, they, they've already followed the process there. Now there's this certificate of completion that they get upon the end of this. And the state agency will issue the certificate of completion. Here's what the following occurs from House Enrolled Act 1209. This is the Indiana law right now. The state will assume ownership of and responsibility for the storage facility. I think it would be uh, uh, okay to say that we can all agree that now the state is the owner. But, uh, yep. You know, I, I, I think that's pretty obvious. It's, it's, we don't have to be a lawyer in order to understand this. Number two then occurs. The state will assume a lot of responsibility for all regulatory requirements associated with the storage facility. Pause for a second. So now the state has assumed ownership and responsibility for all regulatory response for all regulatory requirements. So the owner uh, is now the state and the state has said is we're going to take regulatory requirements. And notice now the next wording and the storage operator and the owner of the storage facility. Refer to number one, the state are released from responsibility for all regulatory requirements. This is like <laughs> a lawyer's paradise. So the state's the owner, the state's responsible, but the state's not responsible. So who's left hanging out to dry is landowners. Yep. The common citizen. You talk about the pressure from this side and the pressure from that side. The people in the squeeze are people like you and I, not like people like the Speaker of the House, not like people like uh, the Senate President Pro Tem. It's not like that. Right. It's people like you and I that are wondering, okay, man, gas prices are going up. I can't afford the LP. How do I go in order to weatherize my house a little bit? Boy, it's supposed to get cold tonight. It's supposed to be single digits and wind is supposed to be blowing. You're, we're thinking about common everyday things. And what our state legislators did were sold us out to globalists right. again. What does that look like in order to push back and stand up for our rights? Is you schedule the meeting. Yeah, we're going to have powerful speakers there. You're going to enjoy your time. You're going to feel exhilarated. You're going to have the emotional high, of course. But where the real action happens is when you have that appointment with your legislature, legislator, or a legislative assistant, both a senator and both your representative, both a representative or a senator, and you say you must. Yep. Because remember, they work for us. We're right. the ones that elected him in office. People get all bent out of shape when, well, well, you've got to handle them with kids' gloves. Well, yeah, I'm their boss. I have to handle them with kids' gloves too. When I was a uh, manager at Wendy's or manager at Banana Republic, and you're in management, you've got to handle your 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 workers with kids' gloves, as the saying goes. But they still work for you. And but they're right now trying to and, and the misinformation that is being spewed 
from the Indiana State House right now. We've got the Speaker of the House and the Senate President Pro Tem saying we are not taking up any bills about carbon capture and about the LEAP project. But then we have a senator from the Lafayette area saying that he's got consensus that we are taking it up. Can I ask you which one's true? Or are they trying to spread misinformation so that those of us that don't want the LEAP project go, oh, I'm so glad that it's not going to happen. And then those that do want the LEAP project can go, oh, I'm glad they're not going to stop it. And at the end of this, we just continue on going because the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, a quasi-state agency, according to their uh, website, I looked that word up. I love like these big words, quasi, (laughs) Q-U-A-S-I. It's like a Scrabble word. It means seemingly, but not really. So they're kind of seemingly a state agency, but not really. And they can use our taxpayer dollars in order to sell us out more. One of the things that that amazed me is when I learned that the (laughs) Indiana Department or the Indiana Economic Economic Development Corporation, which is a, um, again, quasi-state, you know, it's the same kind of deal, right? Um, That they have offices all over the planet. They're in Israel, they're in Russia, they're in China. This is an Indiana office. The question I have, and John, maybe you can educate me on this. Why would they need offices all over the planet to try and bring business to the state of Indiana? Why, why, do, why are we using tax dollars to set up offices in Rome and in China and in, in I think it's in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem? Why are we, I think it's nine different locations, the state of Indiana has these offices. Why? Well, they believe we need to be, I mean, our, our governor is a five-time uh, uh, keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum. They have a globalist, not an Americanist. They have an anti-Americanist viewpoint. And oh, by the way, we've got two uh, 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 governor candidates that uh, formerly were uh, uh, IEDC chairs, by the way. Just food for thought. Well, I think that it's time that... um, um, I've been talking to on a national basis for a long time, but I think that when you come back and you look at your state... The reason that we've got the problems that we have at the, at the federal level is because of what's happening at the state level. And we well, that goes back to the 17th Amendment. When we when we took away the fact it used to be back when how how the Constitution was written by the forefathers, by the 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 the, uh, the document writers of the Constitution, the states picked the state senators. The the state senators right. picked. The U.S. senators, I'll get that out correctly here in a second. It was picked because it was state representation. It was the people's house. The U.S. representatives were elected by the people. It was the people's house. And the states had hooks inside of their U.S. senators going, you have to do our bidding. Now, we selected the Indiana senators, so they were accountable to, uh, to the Indiana senators, which are accountable to us. Well, then we, we start frittering away our rights. States' rights is a huge issue. Yeah. In fact, one of those, those things of, of uh, uh, the 10th Amendment, if it's not enumerated, written down, it's another one of those big Scrabble words, uh, enumerated, if it's not written down in the Constitution, those rights go back to the people and the states. And that's huge that we must have. So we have these, you know, we even have the UN saying they're thinking globally, but they're acting locally. right? And so what they're doing is they are actively, we've all heard about the, the terrible Soros prosecutors. Folks, those are at the county level. Right. The county yep. level. Start forgetting about the state level and start being highly concerned at the county level. Today, I get back from my uh, Thanksgiving uh, uh, vacation and I'm accosted with five different counties inside of my territory as director. Five different counties having Agenda 2030 presented to them at the county level. Yep, because they have a plan. They have a plan. They have a plan. They have a plan. And you you know what their plan is, is if we can educate people, such as, I tell you, you know, carbon is dangerous. It's a greenhouse gas. If you didn't know any different, you'd go, gosh, I don't like it either because I don't want the world to burn up. (laughs) But if I can tell you, no, carbon's your friend. In fact, carbon is what gives you sweet corn. Everybody likes sweet corn. Yep. Carbon is what gives you pumpkin in order to have pumpkin pies for Thanksgiving. Carbon is what gives you, it's 
Carbon is the fact, it's, it's the gas of life, carbon dioxide. It literally is the, is the gas that our plants breathe and they, they live off of so that we can breathe oxygen. I wonder what happens if we start screwing with that. If trees aren't able to produce oxygen, if plants aren't able to produce oxygen, what are you and I going to breathe? What it comes down to is it comes down to you using base information, stuff that we were taught in, in eighth grade science and saying, either you've got to tell us you were lying back then, or we've got to assume that you're lying right now because what you're telling us, the science that you're giving us doesn't jive with what I was told. Now, was, was I told wrong? Were those textbooks wrong? And if they were, why are we listening to anything now? Because it's all wrong. It's all based but, on being wrong. Or are but, you just lying to me? But let, take us down. Think about when we were fighting for Senate Bill 12 in 2023, 20, uh, the pornography in the libraries. Yep. Pornography in the schools. We literally have smut being available to our, our young uh, children. We have videos produced by the UN encouraging the use of pornography in order to masturbate. Yep. So what a great tool to distract people from wanting to learn. We have test scores that are in the toilet. And alas, we are continuing to throw money at it, saying it will get better. Money's not going to solve that problem, friends. What we have to get back to is we have to allow the student to sweat a little bit upon their brow when they're trying to um, understand their, their, the, the words, the letters that go together. When, when they go and, and mash letters together and PH says fuh, right. ST says suh. That's what we have to be able to. And you're like, I don't understand that. And you get the endings and the L-Y endings and the I-N-G. And do you take a letter off and I before E except after C and all of these things. And we, no, no, we have to hand it to them. No part of learning is the process of critical thinking. Yep. And we are not teaching that. We are teaching hypersexualization. We are hypersexualizing people. People are no longer learning science. They are learning exactly what UNESCO, what the World Economic Forum, what the World Health Organization wants them to learn. Yep. Whereas what we need to do is we need to get them all out of the public school system, the public indoctrination camps, and have a mass exodus about it, uh, out of it. And in order to be able to then say, we have to have your ear. We have to cause that political pain in order for them to start listening to us. Because I tell you, they do not want to hear the truth at the Indiana State Capitol. Or what, will hap what happened to you will happen to others. That's why my email is filled. That's why my uh, uh, of, of, uh, of nasty grants. That's why I'm persona non grata, because I have the documentation right. of it. That's why when we have... Uh, uh, um, Frost Brown Todd, a lawyer organization that is, uh, which is a, a, it's the Council on Foreign Relations uh, ties and is given to Indiana legislators, Republican legislators. Yep. A known globalist organization has given money to Indiana Republican legislators. Yep. And they tell me to stop saying that. Guess what? I'm going to say it a little bit louder, and a little bit more, and I'm going to continue selling it until they stop selling our state out. It's time. Our guest is uh, John Schrock. John is the regional field director for the John Birch Society in Indiana. We'll be right back. <laughs> Kramer says is back in three, two. Our guest is uh, John Schrock. He's the regional field director for the John Birch Society. He's joining us on Kramer Says Today to talk about the importance of your freedom and constitution and all that stuff and how that the rules that were set back in 1776 and ratified in, in 1791, they're still in effect today no matter what these idiots Try to tell us they cannot vote our rights away. I, I think it was out, and I can't remember the state, but they just did a um, uh, they just did a, a referendum to where, and I'm thinking it's maybe it's Iowa or Idaho, something like that. But they did a referendum to where they wanted to limit gun rights through voting. 
they wanted to, they took that referendum to the people and said, hey, do you want to limit these rights? And guess what the people said? Yeah. We, 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 want, to, we want to limit the rights of our fellow neighbors. Now, John, what is that? What happens here wow. when that goes to the Supreme Court? It, it, does the does the uh, does the government have the right to use democracy, which is how you I, I love how you said it, because <laughs> Jefferson was right. It's two wolves and a sheep having dinner, deciding what's for dinner. Uh, do do our fellow citizens have the right to vote our rights away through through Not according to the Constitution? Right. Right. I mean, again, and that—that's the thing is, uh, uh, what what is the rights that we have? Do we have the? Is it a, are we capable of doing? It? There are so many unconstitutional laws, for that matter. There's so many unconstitutional departments of government. For instance, the Department of Education, that is at the U.S. level, is not a constitutional uh, office. And you say, oh boy, that means you hate teachers. No, stop the. Stop the conflating what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if we go to Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, it doesn't say anything about a, a, a Department of Education. Right. That's left to the states. If it's not enumerated in the Constitution, it goes back to the states. The states have the ability to establish a, a Department of Education as they see. But what it comes back to, actually, when you actually look at the Bible, which is a higher power than the Constitution of the United States, state of Indiana, and I know that's that's Christian nationalism. I, I mean, that's like crazy talk uh, um, on that. Yeah, <laughs> push the mute button somewhere, you know, something. But the, what we we have is that we actually have is that the parents are supposed to teach the children. The parents are supposed to be actively involved. I'm sick and tired of parents just dropping their children off at schools, whether Christian parochial, Christian day school, at public school, at, at, at co-ops. They just drop their kids off. I'm sick of parents just dropping their kids off at churches and allowing Sunday school, and they never ask a single question about what, what in the world was being taught. I'm not, I'm not putting, you know, my halo on and, I, oh, I'm doing the best job in the world. I try to be actively involved, asking my children, hey, what'd you learn in Sunday school? One, to reinforce what they are learning. Or maybe sometimes, you know, there's some kooky things out there that you learn, like, did they really say that? You ask right. the teacher later, ooh, I didn't know that came across. That's not what I believe. I have to correct that. That's be, excuse me, that's being involved as a person personal responsibility but you know as well as i do we live in a day and age of 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 uh you know instant gratification i mean i i was back in the day that man we thought it was powerful when we no longer had to use you know the oil in the popcorn machine there was the air right. oh my goodness that was top notch that's what i was raised in i remember we used to have you know that bowl that went on top of that thing that had that little like it was like a wire hanger that went yeah. around. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Oh, we got an air popper. Yeah. Whoa. Now we got micro microwave. My kids are so spoiled. Well, that's that's what I've been saying for the longest time is that in the content that I produce and what I, I talk to people about, I, I try to get them excited about what their rights are and what their <laughs> rights cost. And that their rights were their rights are are based on death. And when you say it like that, I try to be as stark as possible. Right. That people had to die for you to have the right to do what you're doing. More importantly than, than that, people had to kill other people for your right to, to, to do what you're doing. And when you don't exercise that right because you're afraid of being in trouble with the government, well, then that's a government that should really be readdressed. Right. Is that they're not following the law. They're not following the Constitution. If you're afraid of your government and that your government is going to put you on a list, then that's a government that needs to be replaced. And I think that a lot of people are starting to get into that mindset of, listen, um, we're going to have to change things drastically. And that takes getting more and more involved. And it's I'm not talking about, you know, taking a group of men and women up to the Capitol and and taking it over like they, they want to make everybody believe January 6th was. That wasn't an <laughs> insurrection. Right. There wasn't a single firearm there. Nobody fired on anybody except the state. Capital S was firing on we the people. And that's wrong. And then they say, hey, listen, no grand jury for that shooting. No, it didn't get an investigation. They they took care of all that inside. If you or I had done anything like that on that day, well, let's just talk about the men and women who are already in prison. These are all violations of the Constitution. Every one of them. Quick and speedy trial. Come on, friends. Yep. It's the same. If you're not fighting for one, you're not fighting for any of them. That's if right. you don't fight for it. 
So when I'm fighting for medical freedom, you should have the right. If you want to go down and you want to get the 15th booster shot, Lord bless your heart, go get the 15th booster for a for a uh, a, a, a pandemic. I didn't stutter there. It's a pandemic. Yep. You know, go go get your 15th booster. Lord bless you. But you don't tell me I have to. I can't tell you you have to. And I, I mean, I, I use this thing. We've uh, my wife and I have 10 kids. That's our choice. We have 10 kids. I can't force you to have 10 kids. But you can't force me not to. I'm so glad you can't. I am so glad you can't, John. Now, 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 hold on here. But what you do know is that that China is following the Agenda 2030 uh, goals, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. They're following it. That's why they have in place that you can only have 1.357 children, whatever exactly them. It's not even an even number of how many kids that they're supposed to have. Why? Because they're looking for population control. Yeah, I said it. I know uh, your your, well, your, and, your and soundboard the thing, is though, the, the blowing thing, up. The thing that they've had a problem with, John, is that yes, they they did that policy since the since the nineteen seventies. Uh, the problem is now that not only did they have this high birth, um, they had these thresholds on birth rate, but they also because of the culture, many times, well, they killed the females. They, they didn't let the females, if a female was born, they went ahead and let that child die because they could have a male. And so now China is upside down in men and upside down in women. They do not have, and they've got a plummeting population. They, you need to continue creating people. Otherwise, your culture, your people, it'll crash. And China's facing that right now. So, so the, the rules that they put in place 30, 40, 50 years ago have now come home to ruin them. If you read the articles, uh, Time Magazine, uh, Newsweek just d- recently did an article that China's population is in decline, meaning um, its population collapse. And it's because of these policies that the government put in place. You cannot allow the government, a central uh, top-down thinking to happen because if you've got if you've got a great guy at the top, you got a great gal at the top, and they're great at what they do. If they're a great king, if they're a great queen, perfect, because that's really what central planning is mm-hmm. about. If yes. they're not, if they are, if, if they're you know uh, uh, Caligula, right, or uh, if they're uh, Attila the Hun, the petty tyrant king of England, the where what we uh, quote rebelled against in order right. to form America. Just King George. If it's just King George, right? There's a point at which people are going to stand up and they've got to. And, and that's where we are. The, the Constitution is so important, John. What what are other measures can people take uh, with your organization to get more involved with what you're doing and learn more about the importance of the Constitution, the role it plays in their life? Well, I think they need to understand what, what we are, what we have been publishing for years. We, in 1969, Gary Allen wrote a, a fantastic article called Sex Education Problems in uh, December of 1969, where he exposed SECA, uh, Sexuality Information Education Council of the U.S., a nonprofit started in 1954 that uh, was designed to cause social change inside of our schools, utilizing pornography. You're like... Dude, this all started in 2020. I say, no, it didn't. And you could have known about it. And you're like, that's harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. What I'm saying is information has been available. But we have been maligned. We have been told that we are this, that, and the other. We're, you know, the the, the age-old, oh, you're uh, a racist. Every time I was, I was doing a presentation in uh, uh, Kenton County, uh, uh, Kentucky. And we had about 50 people that were, quote, on my side and 50 people that were uh, opposition. And I'm talking about uh, uh, sexuality, hypersexuality inside of our education system, inside of the textbooks. And they literally, the 50 people that were there that were in my opposition, uh, they, they were started chanting racist, racist. And I'm like, this is dealing with sex trafficking. Right. This is dealing with that kind of stuff. They are willing to say whatever in order to shut you up. Right. What I hold to. Is their old Sunday school song, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. But we have to understand that Jesus was even called names. He was called a bastard by people that hated him. Even when he was loving people, he was raising people from the dead. He was healing blind men. He was healing lame men. He was dealing with the uh, healing the woman with the issue of blood. He was investing in his community and people that hated him because he was setting them free from the devil. And let me be very clear. I'm conflating the fact 
that that we are dealing with between God versus Satan, God, excuse me, capitalism versus communism. This is a good versus evil battle. Yes, communism is Satanism. If we could get like three more pastors to understand that tonight (laughs) and to be able to understand that they could thunder forth from their pulpit using biblical uh, uh, references. Let's go to the parable of the ten virgins for just one quick New York minute. And we go and we understand is the parable of the ten virgins where there was five that came prepared and five that were not. The five that were prepared were rewarded. They weren't. There was no shared wealth, which is one of the number one things of communism. I came prepared, so now I got it to give it to Kramer. Come on, man! You didn't come prepared. Shame on you! Right. And they were sent away, and they were scolded. The ones that weren't prepared. So So, people, if people, I'm sorry, if people want to get this publication from the John Birch Society, how do they get involved with what you guys are doing? So they can simply go to our website, jbs.org, and then up in the upper left-hand corner is join, um, and they can get our periodicals called The New American. And we have been talking about, we talked about the uh, COVID uh, uh, shot, uh, the mRNA uh, shot that is out there. We started talking about it in May of 2020, May 18th of 2020. We said that they're going to be mandating this um, uh, to people. We were the uh, first national organization, uh, I believe, uh, that uh, released that. Um, in May of 2020, we were we were groundbreaking uh, there. You've got to know the information because, as we said earlier, if you don't know what you have, you don't know what you're fighting for. If you don't want don't know what they're what they're planning, you don't know how to fight. Because if I told you right now that your house is on fire, you darn well know how to get everything out that's important to you. It's not that we don't know how to fight; it's that we don't know where the battlefront is. Exactly. That's what we exactly. expose to you. That's why we've got to be involved. We've got the maps of where are these 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 carbon capture pipelines. We know the process. We know how far they're wanting to go underneath the ground. We know that it's going to dissolve the science stone. We know all these things, but we have to get the information. So if you want to find out about the information, you can go to my uh, Facebook account, Pastor John Schrock, J-O-N-S-C-H-R-O-C-K, Pastor at the uh, first part of that. I, I said Pastor John Schrock and it's spelled... Uh, John and Shraka there on that. But they can go there. We've got farmland conferences. I'm in White County tomorrow. Uh, then I'm in, uh, uh, on the 1st, I'm in uh, Hodgenville, Kentucky. I'm then um, on the 4th, I'm in Southern Indiana. I'm in Indianapolis on the 5th. I mean, this is cranking up, folks. This is, this is we're, we're at 20 or 30-something farmland conferences. The phone calls are coming in. What can you do? You talking about it with everybody you know. Hey, did you know that they're looking at doing carbon capture and sequestration inside the state of Indiana? You say, John, I can't do that. Oh, okay, that's fine. If you can't have that conversation, give me a jingle. You can reach out to me at 865-635-9558. Oh, don't give your phone number out, folks. If we don't have people willing to take phone calls and be able to talk to people, I've had people scream at me on the telephone. Lord bless them. And then I've had like 10 other people that said, can you walk me through again? It sounds really weird what you're saying. Can you walk me through? I'd love to walk you through. That's why I've got a cell phone. If anybody has an old iPhone uh, uh, 10, 9, uh, whatever they are, my other one died and I've got to get it replaced, you know, because I'm wearing these things out. We've got to have this information. I'll sit down with three people. We had 250 people up in uh, DeMont, Indiana, uh, that we were able to present this to. They then, the people went down to the, the county commission. By the way, what we need some people to do is run for precinct committeemen yep. inside the Republican Party. Yep. Because then they choose the Republican, uh, the, the county chair. Then they choose. I mean, there's all of these things that have to happen. But when you, you, you have to start understanding these basic level things. You say, well, John, I, I, I'd love to have you come. Sounds like you can even preach. Well, tell you what, I am an ordained <laughs> minister. And I, I get invited in. It, it's probably the funnest thing. I was invited out. Uh, to a uh, uh, African-American church there on the near east side of uh, Indianapolis, the John Birch Society coordinator to preach at an African-American church there on the near east side of Indianapolis. It was absolutely wonderful. And if anybody knows, you know, the the maligning that people have done of the John Birch Society, we're a bunch of racists. I'm telling you, it was a time from God um, that we were preaching forth God's word for today. And what we are doing is in educating people 
you're like, hey, love to have you come out. Love to have this schedule. You reach out to me. Jschrock at jbs.org. You can email me. Send me a nasty gear and correct something I said. I probably gave the wrong uh, Bible verse. <laughs> but what I will tell you, we are willing to get involved, get you activated, get truth into your hands. We've got state legislative scorecards. What we need is you. Right. Well, let's let's talk about um, between now and uh, November of 2024. Um, based on what you're seeing nationally, what you're seeing regionally, <laughs> Do you do you expect that we will see um, a free and fair election? I mean, knowing what we know and happened in 2020 and the violations that we've seen against the Constitution in the in the last three years, do you think that we'll make it to November of 2024 intact as a nation? And what role will the Constitution play in correcting that? So, wow, now that's a great loaded question. <laughs> do you do this for a full-time worker? A little bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let me pivot on that. The okay. apple pie on Thanksgiving. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, that's a, that's actually a really good question. So a couple things on that. Let me let me uh, take a couple of the things uh, in order to focus on them. Number one, can we have a free and fair election? According to Indiana state law um, right now, no, we can't really have a free and fair election. We have, uh, uh, you know, holes that are the size uh, that you drive a fleet of Mack trucks through. Uh, in the state of Indiana. But these are, uh, are bills that are being championed by the uh, the Republican Party. You have to understand the Indiana State Republican Party is not your friend. Um, uh, it, do I get paid for every time I, I, I take a whack if, at the if, Indiana if, State you, Republican you, you should. Party? You should. <laughs> we should do this. This is like catching. So <laughs> the, the, but they're, they're not. And I can show you bill after bill that, that you could drive Mack trucks through. It is so porous. It's more porous than the sieve that my wife has in order to strain the uh, spaghetti. And these bills are so, it, it's a lawyer's paradise. It, that And they, it's all interconnected. We've got to get back to paper ballots. And I'm not talking about voter verified paper audit trails. That's not a paper ballot. I'm talking about is a piece of paper that you have that you, you, you hold and you put your pen or pencil to that paper. That's a paper ballot. Right. Then it's hand counted, not hand stuck into a machine, not hand stuck underneath the machine, not a machine runs over the thing. I'm talking about as we look at the thing and go, oh, look at that. Kramer decided to vote for Bugs Money. Well, bless God, one yep. for Bugs Money. Yep. Kramer, you know, decided to vote for, for Daffy Duck. Well, there we go, you know. And maybe I'm referring to some of the people in power right now. But anyways, uh, no, that'd be that. dopey and yeah. crazy and yeah. and fever and yeah. you know corrupty and Beavis and Butthead. Exactly. Uh, we, we've got uh, we've got uh, those things, you know. So we have to get to that. What role does the Constitution uh, play on that? I believe that it's uh, we have to go back to. Uh, uh, the Constitution and look at that and understand that state elections aren't mandated by the federal government. Why do we hand those over to the federal government? Right. Why, why aren't we running these elections at our at our local level? How about we get decentralized, you know, down to like what we used to have back in the day Right. is that it was precinct driven. Yep. Precinct driven. We're literally talking you, your neighbors and 998 other people. That's it. Yep. And you hold those elections in a very small controlled. It's really easy to count a thousand ballots. Really not that hard. We, we've timed it. I, the numbers aren't uh, at the top of my uh, uh, head right now on the tip of my tongue, but it's it's very short. Well, we used to be able to do it, John. John, when I was a kid, before computers came in, they would have the election. And, and by one o'clock in the morning, I don't care where you were in the country, you knew who had won that election that day. That was 30, 40, 50 years ago. We're not we're not talking about five years ago. I'm talking about when I was a kid in the 70s, yes. right? In yes. the 80s, before they even brought all these machines in, they got the count done overnight. They got it done, and you knew by 1 o'clock. By 1 o'clock was the latest you were going to have to stay up to find out who the president of the United States was. And today, But we had to pause it so we could dump more ballots in. Right. I know that's conspiracy theory. Right. But now all of a sudden, it's like, look at this. Pennsylvania's coming out. That the FBI was involved. Yep. Oh, that's right. By the way, back to my original statement, we have to understand there's bad guys out there that want to deceive the demise yep. of America. Well, we just we just had the election. What was it? New Jersey. 
was it New Jersey, where the judge said they've got to do the primary over again because they're <coughs> cheating, and we're supposed to believe as Republicans that, well, the Democrats only cheat amongst themselves, that they had a primary that was so corrupt, the judge says, no, this is too corrupt. It's, it's, too, uh, it's too far gone. We've got to hold this over again, and we're supposed to believe that they only cheat themselves. They would never cheat us in a general election, ever. Oh, no. Right. Uh, John, tell us about this January event that you have going on at the Indiana State House. January the 9th, we're having legislative action day. What what we are trying to do is get you as the citizenry, as the electorate involved down at the state house. It would surprise you the number of people that have only been to the state house one time. They went in eighth grade or 10th grade, whenever that civics class was, and they went on the tour and they showed them, hey, here's the, you know, the statue of that. And you got to go down into the Senate and you got to shake the uh, uh, sergeant at arms uh, uh, hand and you got to see the lieutenant governor um, as they gaveled in the session or whatever it might be. Guys, that's pomp and circumstance. That's right. what they do. I mean, which is fine. I'm not I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is just pomp and circumstance. What I'm asking for you to do is to roll up your sleeves and get your hands a little messy. That's where you go to your employees, your state legislator, your representative, and your senator, and say, I'm having a meeting with you. And we stand out in the hall. If they want to, you know, they, they, can, uh, they can try to avoid you. Well, I'll show you how to catch them in the hall and say, hey, I'm your constituent. And then you'll start to see which ones really want to listen to you and which ones don't. I know for you being, uh, you know, your uh, former position before they unsanctimoniously uh, give you the boot. Uh, um, but some of them really don't want to talk to their legislature, to their constituents. They, they have all sorts of uh, uh, tactics uh, in order to be able to get away from doing that. Yeah, by the way, if I haven't mentioned it, just because they're Republican doesn't mean that they're a good guy. Because right. they're a Democrat doesn't mean that they're a bad guy. I, I'm equal yep. opportunity discriminator. 100%. I don't like people that that say one thing and do the other. If you're a Notre Dame fan, then Lord bless your heart, be a Notre Dame fan. Don't, don't tell me you're a Notre Dame, Dame fan and then go root for the, uh, for the wrong team. Yep. Stop this. Yep. I, I, John, I, I think that we can get people down to the state house uh, in January. Um, there's a number of people in the state of Indiana who have been asking me on a uh, regular basis, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I keep saying the same thing. Show up, get involved or become the leader that you want. Get your friends and neighbors together and start to, to talk about things that are important to you. And once you've got that group together, there's other groups that can tell you where to go. And how to start a grassroots movement. Do you see that that's the next move in this country that we're going to see an, an upswelling in the next 12 months of grassroots organizations that are tired of the way that things are being run? And, and especially the way that things are being run in their states by um, people, for example, like Eric Holcomb. Right. Oh, absolutely. I'm already seeing this. So uh, I, I cover personally Indiana, Kentucky and part of Tennessee uh, and a little bit of Illinois for my personal territory that I cover um, as a field coordinator. I then supervise Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Oklahoma um, and supervise those. I am watching in all of those areas, 70 million people that I get to uh, help uh, um, educate and activate. I'm seeing these groups. It's literally people that are gathering together, opening up their 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 living rooms to be able to show a video like police state or to show um, we have other videos that they could be able to show to help educate, to begin the conversation. We've got as soon as you get those five, seven, eight people, we then have a library. You can get a chapter with the Birch Society. We send you like 20 something books in order to be able to come involved. I then help you along the way in order to be able to become involved. Take people down to the state house. Take people, show up with you um, to the uh, uh, county commissioner meeting. Give you information that you can read at a county commissioner meeting. Show you how to be able to communicate effectively, quickly, within three minutes um, at these uh, governmental meetings. Train you in that so that you have the largest return of investment. Everybody's time is precious. We don't have much time. Now, everybody's so busy. They've got us so wrapped up. They're taxing us to death. Inflation's on the rise. So we're all working two, three, four jobs in order to be able to be active. So you have to have a big return of investment. But then there's also these quasi-organizations, not just Indiana Economic Development Corporation. There's actually quasi-conservative organizations that are pushing, they say that they're a, a family organization. 
and they support non-family bills. Right. They say that they're that they're the most conservative organization and they're literally pushing globalism, literally pushing globalism. We've got all the documentation. So you have to be careful of who you're hooking your uh, 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 cart, which horse you're putting your cart with, um, as the saying goes. So pushing forth true uh, Americanism. If it sounds to you like you're the kind of guy or gal that that, that uh, supports the republic, supports the, the uh, God-given family, the free market, that uh, you wish to be judged by your character and ability and you get your rights from God, then that's what we are fighting for. That's what we're looking for. If you if, if if you're like ah, John, I think that every once in a while the government's gotta gotta pick a winner and loser. <laughs> I'll tell you, you probably need to go find another organization. Right. We're probably gonna rub you the wrong way. Yeah. I'm not being mean about it. I just want you to know up front what we're looking for, and so that you know how how we're gonna operate. But we're gentlemen about it. You, you you've been at the, and I'm not asking for the shameless plug from you, but. I'm a gentleman about it. We're, yep. we're, we're going to act like a gentleman, but we're going to have we're going to have passionate uh, yep. debate about yep. it. Yep. That's the way it should be. Our founding fathers had the same thing. That's why it took them so long to get that document done. In the meantime, <laughs> we're passing thousands of pages of, of a law through and nobody even looks at it. They, they just rubber stamp everything that's going through. We need to get back to <laughs> the principles, those things that our founding fathers thought were most important. John, uh, John Schrock, our guest today from the uh, Birch Society, the John Birch Society. And um, John, if they want to get a hold of you, give one more time. What's your email? What's your phone number? And what's the web address so people can get a hold of you? So if they want to get a hold of me, uh, phone number is 865-635-9558. Email address is jschrock, the letter J-S-C-H-R-O-C-K, at jbs.org. If they want to join up and be able to get the new American and be able to begin educated on that with uh, um, our plethora of information, it's jbs.org. Hit the join button and uh, we'll get you signed up on that. If they want to go to our my Facebook page to see when the farmland conferences are, we're talking about uh, um, how foreign companies, uh, foreign countries are overtaking our agricultural ground, solar farms, how they're using uh, property for other things. This carbon sequestration, the LEAP project, that's my pastor, John Schrock, J-O-N-S-C-H, um, uh, uh, Facebook page. You can like it there and look at my events there. Um, we're getting uh, uh, notoriety on that because we've got good information to be able to get out to people. Because it's not about me. It's about the information. It's about uh, our, our America and fighting for the republic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all you do, John. Thank you. You're watching 